You are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 161. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hey, babes, I'm going to pop in here to do a little intro and to give you the holiday survival guide. So about a week or two ago, I gave you the holiday thrival guide as a bonus episode. And a couple of years ago, I did a series of survival guides. So if the thrival guide was like, whoa, whoa, I don't even want to thrive. I just want to get through it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But these episodes all mashed up together into one big giant episode. This is going to help you thrive through the holidays. Yes, with food. Yes, with your body. Yes, with weight, but also with relationships. Also with overwhelm. Also with tasks. Also with cookie exchanges, right? I want you to enjoy the holidays if you want to enjoy them. So these are going to help. Now, if you are ready to lose weight for the last time, wake up feeling zesty, excited for the day, feeling like yourself in your skin, if you are ready to be free from food forever and end the drum drum and the constant yo-yoing, the back and forth, really, you guys, there is a permanent solution. It is the yummy mummy method. So we're going to start on January 17th. Right now, the wait list is open for that group. So go to lauraconley.com, click work with me and get your booty on the wait list now. We are going to open doors at the beginning of January And we are going to go, we are going to do this. We're going to lose weight for the last time. And inside, we're going to kick off that cohort, that group on January 17th with a lose 30 pounds and 90 days challenge. How freaking fun is that? So you're going to want to get inside of that challenge. You're going to want to do this for the last time. You got to get the tools. You got to get the missing thing. You got to try the new and different thing. The thing that you've never tried before. If you feel like you know all the things, but you just can't get yourself to do it, it's because you don't have the yummy mummy method. It's because you are missing the mindset piece, the emotional piece. That is what you are missing. And that is what I'm going to teach you inside. So you're going to really learn how to apply some of the things you already know, and you're going to learn a lot of new and cool information that's going to make this stick once and for freaking all. This really is the answer that we thought there wasn't an answer to. So I will see you on January 17th. I literally can't wait. Your future you is waiting for you, babe. See you inside. If you guys hear some funky background noise, my dad and my husband, which I just think is so cute that my dad and my husband like to do projects together. So they're doing a project together. They're redoing the TV wall. You guys, oh my God, when I was pregnant with Phoenix, my son, we had just moved to Colorado and we had just moved into our brand new home that needed to be decorated. And I made some very interesting choices when it came to decorating with my pregnancy brain. One of which was our TV wall. I totally picked out like this cheap, oh my God, it's like the cheapest wood from Home Depot that is so cheesy. And I thought it was going to look so good and it looks so bad. So they're taking down this cheap, like fake plywood situation off the TV wall and putting in like really, really cool reclaimed wood. It's really neat. So if you hear any background noise, that's what they're doing. I kind of feel like that's my fun fact, but it's not that fun. What I was going to tell you guys about my one fun fact is that I'm just back from vacation with my husband. We went to Jackson Hole and I was really excited for Jackson Hole for like 17 different reasons. One of the reasons being that we were going to get to experience the Tetons and Teton National Park, but it was like rainy and cold the whole entire weekend. Seriously, we couldn't even see the mountains. You would have never known we were in the mountains except for the first day we got there. It was sunny and oh my God, those mountains are gorgeous. But I have to attribute mindset work and knowing the model and knowing the think, feel, act cycle to my amazing vacation because I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't like pissed that we didn't get to do the plan. I was like, ooh, this is actually a huge opportunity for me to get to relax, which I never do. On vacation, I feel like we're usually go, go, go. And so it was a welcome change of pace for me to literally, you guys, if you saw on my Instagram, And I stopped after like 10, but I was still there, I promise you, for like three more days. I literally just sat at the fireplace and read 
my books. Oh my God. Do you guys do this? Do you bring like 17 books on vacation and then read like four pages of one and then just read your novel? Cause that's what I did. I brought like all these nonfiction books. I'm like, I'm going to read all these nonfiction books and it's going to be this whole entire study session. And no, I got into The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. I think she's my new favorite author. Oh my God. If you guys have not read Kristen Hanna, I think her most popular book is The Nightingale. Anyway, she's such a good writer. She writes historical fiction, which I did not think I would be into at all. But I love it because I feel like I'm learning something about something I didn't really know about. And she's so good with the character development. Do not read her books if you want a light, uplifting book situation. I'm not going to lie. They are really depressing. But I feel like she does such a good job of talking about the human experience. So I really like knowing about all that. And I really loved her book, The Nightingale, and then the one I'm reading right now, which I was reading in Jackson Hole, Four Winds. And I loved The Great Alone. Anyways, Jackson Hole was fabulous. I am now a professional relaxer and reader (laughs) and fireplace sitter buyer. So we just had such a good time, but I really attribute our good time, my good time, to me being able to shift my thoughts so quickly and let go of expectations so quickly, so effectively. So that's just another example of how the work that I teach inside the Yummy Mummy experience is applicable to just your vacation, this vacation that you've been looking forward to for so long because of COVID, because you have little kids, because of all the reasons, and then you go on it and then you're disappointed the whole time because you can't do the plans. Well, guess what? You don't have to be disappointed. And you really learn that and integrate that inside the Yummy Mummy experience. I cannot tell you how many clients tell me, oh my God, yeah, yeah. And you guys have heard me say this. Yes, I've lost the weight, but it's so much more about my relationships and how I've taken this work and applied it to my relationships. So I just wanted to give you a little example of that. One of my testimonials coming in hot is from my client, Audrey. And she was like, I would recommend the Yummy Mummy experience In fact, I already have. And it's because I feel like it offers such an accessible and flexible framework that still gets results. And it isn't so much about what you are eating. It's just so much about what you are thinking. And that makes all the difference. So that's coming at you from Audrey H. And she lost 20 pounds and is at her goal. She did 20 pounds in four months and is at her goal. Congratulations, Audrey. I am so excited for you. That's so awesome. Oh, and she said so many other amazing things, which you guys will see over time. But that's one part I wanted to share. Oh, she did say that she went to Puerto Rico with her girlfriends and she was kind of dreading the trip, but she signed up for the Yummy Mummy experience and she was rocking her bikini and bathing suit the whole entire time. And she said she lost or maintained weight during the three trips that she had within the last four months. So She was losing weight. She was losing that 20 pounds and she had three trips and she was like, I would really encourage people to sign up for the Yummy Mummy experience when they have these trips because it actually helps you to know how to lose weight when you're doing life, which I'm constantly talking about. Okay, so thank you, Audrey. Let's dive into our episode today, you guys, about the holiday survival guide because I want you guys to have the best holiday season you have ever had. So let's start with the facts. There's actually only two holidays during holiday season. Let's say holiday season starts November 1st. You could even say it starts October 1st or October 31st. Even so, that is still three if we're including Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. That is still only three holidays. Now, here's the thing. I'm doing this episode as what I celebrate, but I know there's so many other holidays in these two months that we celebrate. This episode is applicable to everybody, okay? This is for everyone. I am just speaking in terms of my life, but if you celebrate Hanukkah, if you celebrate Kwanzaa, if there's food involved, this episode is definitely going to help you. Okay, so let's say there's two to five holidays. Okay. Let's just say that for collecting the facts, collecting the data. We want to say, oh my God, it's holiday season. And we act like it's two months of straight holidays. 
you guys, there's lots of just random Tuesdays and random Wednesdays in there that are just normal days. Here's the problem. We start compounding the one holiday and we start eating all the things on November 1st. I remember I used to throw in the towel on October 1st because I'm like, what's the point anyways? I'll just start on January 1st. And then for three months, I'd feel like ass because I was eating in a way that wasn't supporting me. It's the holiday season. Your brain wants to be like, oh, it's the holiday season. There's no way we can lose weight. But here's what I want to offer about that. It's like always the holiday season. If you're living a somewhat social life, it's always the holiday season. Let's think about it. Take September. Take the middle of September for me, right? There's not a lot going on, but I'm still doing social shit. I'm still going out to dinner with my husband on a Tuesday, meeting my girlfriend for a drink on a Thursday, having a barbecue at my house with a couple families on a Friday, and doing a date night with my parents on a Saturday, right? There's so many social things that are happening throughout the entire year. Now, maybe it's not like the biggest party of the year, but my guess is you have plans where food is involved. So there's always parties. There's always social stuff. So let's pretend, though, that you don't believe me. Let's pretend like you're like, no, it really is different. My holiday season really is genuinely different from the rest of the year. Okay, fine. That's totally, we can still create a holiday survival guide for you. So why is the holiday season a problem? Now, if you're listening to this podcast, it's a problem because of your thinking and because you're worried that you're gonna gain weight. But hey, let's collect some data. The holiday season is actually only a problem for some of us. For some of us, it's not a problem. Some of us don't gain weight. Some of us actually lose weight. The yummy mummy experiencers that are in my group, my program right now, they're totally gonna lose weight during November and during December. So cool. So how is that possible that some people just don't gain weight or some people lose weight? Why do you think that is? It's probably because they are eating the way that they eat the other 10 months out of the year. Or if they're losing weight, they may have, of course, changed their eating. But for the people that just maintain their weight through the holiday season, they're just eating similarly to the way that they eat the other 10 months of the year. So it's really not about the eating though, right? You heard Audrey say that. It's really not about what they're eating and not eating. It's about what they are thinking about food because there is the food and then there's the thoughts about the food. And the reason you eat food is because of a thought you were having about the food. It's so fascinating. So it is about what those people, this curious group of people that just maintain their weight. And they're not probably being super conscious. They probably just have some really good thought patterns and habits that serve them. They're like the 1% of the population that's just naturally thin. They just already have thoughts that are autopiloted so that they can go to the parties and then they can go to the events and they can host the dinners and they can just maintain their weight. It's so cool. And that's exactly what we do right inside the Yummy Mummy experience. We literally rewire our brains So their brain goes from a diet brain, a yo-yo brain to a naturally thin brain. We think like somebody who is naturally thin and then we become naturally thin or we land at our natural weights, whatever you want to call it. So it is about what that little special group of people, (laughs) it's about what they are thinking about the actual food. It's about what they are thinking about the parties. Hint, they are not thinking that food is the most important thing at the party. It is about what they are thinking maybe after they did have a more indulgent night, right? So like maybe you have an indulgent night and then you wake up the next morning and if you're like I used to be, you're like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? I can't even believe I did that. I feel so disgusting. You know what's gonna help? I know what's gonna help a grilled cheese sandwich. Grilled cheese sandwich does not help. And then later that night when my husband wants to order pizza, I'm like, whatever, I already ruined it anyways, let's just have pizza and so on and so forth, right? It's about what this group is thinking about the whole entire season itself, right? They're not even like, oh my God, I'm gonna gain weight this season. They're literally just doing their life. So what is so cool is that we can borrow the thoughts from the people 
that are maintaining their weight or even losing their weight during this time of year. We can literally just like open their brains, find out what they're thinking, and then take those thoughts and put them inside our brains. It's the coolest thing. Side note, I was just having a client do this the other day because she was talking about how her partner always eats chocolate, but he just takes like one nibble of a square and then puts it back. And she's like, he just eats one teeny tiny bite. I don't even understand how that's possible. I have to eat the whole entire bar. And I'm like, let's ask him. Let's find out what he's saying to himself and how he's feeling when he's taking that action. And so we went and we borrowed his thoughts. And I think he was thinking something, you know, right? It's like very benign. It's very subtle. He doesn't even realize he has these good habits, but he's thinking, oh, you know what? That's good for now. I'm going to put it away. And he feels really chill about it, right? He feels really relaxed. He just goes and puts it away. No big deal. No problem. No white knuckling. So what do we think these people are thinking about the actual food at the party? They're probably thinking, hmm, that looks good. I'm going to have some of that. And now I'm going to go over here and talk to my best friend about how her new job is. Or they're like, hmm, you know what? I had a little bit too much food last night and I don't feel great today. So I'm going to cut that cycle off. I'm going to have an amazing, healthy salad to give myself a clean start. And then they're going to continue on that trajectory of a clean start. It's about what they're thinking, like I said, about the whole season itself. They're probably thinking, again, very benign, subtle thoughts. This is a Thursday. Let's do our day. They're not like, oh my God, this is going to be so intense. How am I not going to eat all the things? I'm definitely going to cave. I'm definitely going to eat all the things. There's no way I can honor my word. They're not thinking any of that. They're just like, it's a Thursday. So I want you to think like somebody who just maintains their weight throughout the season. I want you to start thinking like that. I want you to start to borrow their thoughts. So instead of thinking, oh my God, I cannot handle this season. This is going to be so tough. Maybe think, what if I could? What if this season was different? What if I really could go to the party and it be about the people at the party instead of the cheese platter at the party? Yeah, I get that the cheese platter is good and I can have some cheese for sure. I just don't need to have seven handfuls of those little cheddar cubes, right? Let's get focused on the things that actually matter. I remember you guys, I had hired a nutritionist like in my dieting days and she's like, this is what you do. You just eat before the party and then you go to the party and you don't eat and you don't drink. And I was like, what? I was like, that sounds horrible. I was like, there's no way. It's because I didn't have the thought work. I was just being told what to do without any challenge of my current thoughts, right? Because back then I really thought that the point of the party was the food and the drinks. Now, do I go to parties and have some drinks and have some food in this day and age in my life? Yes, I do. But I do it in such a way that supports me feeling the way that I want to feel tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. And then in three months, in terms of my weight and my energy and the way I feel in my skin and my confidence, and in a year. So yeah, you can have food and drinks be a part of the party. But my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, it has to stop being priority number one. It has to stop being the most important part. And my guess is you don't even want it to be the most important part. You just have a normal human brain that thinks it should be the most important part. You guys know I tell my clients all the time. Our brain's job is to eat as much food as possible all the time. So a party is a great place for your unevolved primitive brain. But again, the good news is we can think whatever we want. We can override that outdated programming with new thoughts. Like, I'm just gonna see what it feels like to go over here and get engaged in conversation with my husband's business partner who I've never even gotten to talk to. Or, oh my God, one of my girlfriends, her son broke his arm. I really want to know how he's feeling and so on and so forth. Get engaged and involved with the people. Get excited about the outfit that you're going to wear if you're into outfits. Now, maybe some of you guys are like, oh, outfits. Why do you have to bring that up? You guys go buy something that feels good for right now as you're losing weight and enjoy it. Don't wait now. Let's do it now. Let's feel good now. It really is possible. Okay. So get excited 
about the cool live music that they're going to have. Fill in the blank. Get excited about the game that you're going to invite everybody to play. There's so much more richness to life when our number one priority is not food and drinks. There's so much more available. I was talking about this with my clients the other day. We put so much emphasis on food. We use so much of the desire that we have to desire food and food is not giving us anything good in return in terms of eating an excess amount, right? Of course, we need food for fuel. That is the point of food, food for fuel, not food to fill our lives up with joy. Let's create more joy from things that give us a net positive instead of a net negative. Connection with our friends, laughing together having fun. I'm getting really cheesy here. Making memories, right? So that's what I want you to start to shift your focus on. Instead of thinking, oh, I can't wait for the melty brie covered in... (laughs) My friend used to make like this delicious brie covered in, I don't know, like pomegranates or something. I can't even remember. Instead of focusing on that, focus on what the point of the party is in the first place. You being with the people that you love and having fun. And what's going to happen is then when you focus on that, you're going to create more net positive and it's going to be this amazing self-fulfilling prophecy because when you go to the party and you behave in a way that supports your future self, that future self tomorrow when you wake up, that future self that supports you in a week, that future self that supports you in a year, you're going to get so much back. You're going to be so much more fulfilled. Now, the first couple of times, will it be uncomfortable to say no to the past crab cake that they've come by with 17 times? Yeah, it might be a little uncomfortable, but it's okay. It's worth it. A little bit of discomfort and a deep breath is worth you feeling the way you want to feel tomorrow. So I really want you guys reframing the holiday season. You do not have to think, I'm going to gain weight this holiday season. That is a thought that you probably think is a fact. It's not a fact. And if we go back to the think, feel, act cycle, if we go back to the model, if you think I'm going to gain weight this holiday season, what do you think you're going to create? Weight on your body, fat on your body, gained weight. And if you don't want to create that, then you better freaking not think, oh my God, I'm going to gain so much weight. Instead, I'm going to take one day at a time. I'm going to plan out exactly what supports my future self and I'm going to honor that. So these are some thoughts you can start playing with because when you think, oh my God, how am I going to handle this? That's a thought. How do you feel? Overwhelmed. And then what do you do? You literally don't handle it. You literally start eating all the things. Or if you're thinking, I'm going to gain all the weight, then you feel totally defeated. And then what do you do? You throw in the towel and you eat all the things. Or what do you think happens when you think, oh my God, it's just too much. You probably feel like freaking out. Like you probably feel like a lot of anxiety and then it literally does become too much. So I wanna offer to you that thoughts that you are thinking about the holidays and the holiday season in relationship to food are optional. You literally can take thoughts out of your brain, put them aside and then insert new thoughts and you can borrow. Go ask your naturally thin friend. Go ask that friend who does not gain weight, what are you thinking about the holiday season, about the party, about all the food, right? What are you actually thinking? And put those thoughts inside your brain. This is getting like sci-fi, isn't it? I love it. They might not know what they're thinking because it's so autopiloted. So probe them. No, really, what are you thinking? Like if you eat too much on Christmas dinner, what are you thinking the next day? Or what are you thinking about having three holiday parties in a row, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night? What are you thinking about how you're going to handle all the food? Like literally, you're going to have to probe them a little bit to pull the thoughts. You can also ask, how are they feeling? And you can start to borrow their feelings as well. So just play with it. But I really want you guys to know that your holiday survival guide is more about your thoughts than the doing. The thoughts are so important. I could be like, this is exactly what you should eat and when you should eat. But if you don't have the thoughts of, I can totally handle this holiday season, or it's just going to be one day at a time, or this is going to be the most fun holiday season I have. And my priority is going to be the people in my life. 
I could give you all the things to do, but if you don't have supportive thoughts of like, this is going to be the season that I do lose weight or I do maintain, I'm going to make it a game. If you don't have those supportive thoughts, you'll never be able to carry through on the action. This is really just a microcosm, a little bitty example of what's going on in the bigger picture. Can you guys see that? It has to be your thoughts. I can tell you diets all day long. You can tell yourself diets all day long. It's not about knowledge. Am I right or am I right? It's about the thoughts you are thinking. You want the thoughts that you are thinking to make you feel empowered, confident, in control. Because when you feel those feelings, you make decisions like eating in a way that fuels my body, not overeating, not beating myself up. When you feel confident, empowered, in control, you start to do actions that create your future self, right? Think feel, act. It's a secret to life. And it starts with your thinking. So you have to think and don't be hard on your brain too. Your brain is, (laughs) like I always say, diet brains die hard. So you're going to have to give yourself some time to rewire your brain. But I really want you to, as your takeaway, pick three thoughts that you are going to choose to think this holiday season that supports what you want to create. What are three thoughts that you can think that supports what you want to create? It's also helpful to know what it is you want to create. And let's be realistic here too. Maybe you genuinely don't want to lose weight during the next two months. That's okay. You don't have to. It's totally fine. Maybe you do. That's totally fine too. So pick one. I want to maintain weight or I want to lose three pounds or I want to lose five pounds or I want to lose eight pounds or whatever it is. What is it that you want to create? Know exactly what that is. Don't get too crazy and wild and diet brain and be like, I want to lose 20 pounds in two months in the holiday season of 2021. No, pick something really small, at least that your diet brain thinks is small because it's not going to be a small goal. It's going to be this amazing, beautiful goal that you create. I just want your diet brain to be like, what? I can't believe we're not going to do 20 pounds in two months, right? But you, when it's you deciding, not your diet brain deciding, it should look something more like four pounds or just maintaining, right? I want you to pick out what it is that you want this holiday season and then picking thoughts and feelings and actions that are going to help you create that. Don't go extreme. Don't go crazy. Have a slice of pumpkin pie. Just don't have 17 slices of pumpkin pie. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I want to do a whole podcast on all or nothing thinking. The way that we lose weight for the last time is slowly and surely and one step at a time. It's not by all or nothing thinking. It's not by like, I'm just going to have a couple pieces of turkey breast for Thanksgiving and sulk over here in the corner while everybody else is having the best time ever. And oh my God, it's not fair. No, have your Thanksgiving. Have a plate of Thanksgiving food and don't have seconds. Don't have thirds. I mean, have seconds and thirds if that's what you want, if that's what you decide ahead of time, right? So that's what I'm getting at here. I want you deciding ahead of time exactly what you're going to create and then exactly how you're going to do that and then feelings and thoughts that support what it is you want to create. So for me, it would look like I want to maintain my weight. So mine is 118 to 123. I want to maintain my weight of 118 to 123 throughout the holiday season. That's my goal. That's my intention. That's what I want to create. Now, how am I going to do that? Well, the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to keep honoring my protocol no matter what. Now, what's so cool is inside my protocol, I have a joy eat once a week. And honestly, that's plenty for me. Some of my clients have two joy eats per week. Within the holiday season, I can totally have a joy eat. Like say I have a party on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I can plan to have my joy eat on Thursday and then Friday and Saturday. I just do my protocol. And there's plenty of things I can eat on my protocol that are delicious and that fuel me and that don't quote unquote make me have a worse time at the party. I promise you, you guys, and no one believes me. I love my protocol and all my clients love their protocol. They don't even want to eat off protocol after a couple weeks because they love it so much and they love the way that they feel on it. And it's not like they just feel amazing the next day. They feel amazing in the moment when they are eating the food that's on protocol and the moment they are done, right? And they're so present with their friends and family. Because to me, that's the point of this holiday season. 
So that's what I want to leave you guys with. What is your goal or your intention for this holiday season? Exactly what is your plan? What are you going to do? Are you going to do no sugar, no flour? Are you going to do just no sugar? Are you going to do intermittent fasting? What are you going to do? And then how are you going to think and feel on purpose in order to honor your plan so that you can create your goal this holiday season? I really want you to be challenging all this old thought patterning around, I can't lose weight during this time, around, oh my God, the holidays just kill me. It's not true. All this thinking is just not true. Every single thought, you pick it up, you look at it, huh, wonder if that's helping me create what I want to create. wonder if that's making me feel the way that I want to feel so that I can do what I want to do. Before we dive into this episode, and oh my God, you guys, this episode is so freaking good. Holiday Survival Guide Part Due, Part 2. I'm like really so excited to deliver this content for you. I want to give you guys, before we dive into the episode, a short and sweet testimonial client comment from my client, Sarah. I feel like I have so many clients named Sarah. It's like the most popular name within the Yummy Mummies. Now, you guys don't need tons of testimonials or client comments because, hello, did you listen to the last episode? It was like, One yummy mummy after another, just telling us how impactful this work has been. So that was so heartwarming for me to listen to. So Sarah, she was just writing in on our Slack group and she'd said, oh my God, this is the answer. The yummy mummy experience is the answer that I did not think existed. I mean, come on. Like, I don't even really want to share her whole entire comment with you because that's really all you need to know. The yummy mummy is the answer I didn't think existed. It really is like the best kept secret. I swear to God. So she was writing in saying, I'm back from eight days in Italy. It was amazing. I lost two pounds while I was there. And she goes on and on to say that she just had the best trip and she wasn't consumed with food chatter. What is better than that? It's so amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us, Sarah. It's so inspirational for other people to hear about that. So my client, Suzanne, had listened to the Holiday Survival Guide Part 1, and she loved it. And then she was like, you know what? We need to do a Holiday Survival Guide Part 2 because I noticed I was getting in a little kerfuffle with a family member, and I noticed I just went and mindlessly grabbed nuts. She's like suggesting to me we should talk about, because this is what we do inside the Emmy Mummy experience, right? And she's like, this would be such a good podcast to talk about how we need to get to the root so that we don't use food to numb out. Okay, you guys. So before we dive into the episode, I wanted to tell you guys know I love to tell you a client comment and I love to tell you like a little fun fact about like what's going on in my life. I just like knowing the people that I'm listening to. Like, I feel like you guys are my friends. I feel like the people's podcasts that I listen to. I feel like they're my friends. So I just want to share with you that going into this weekend, we have so many plans, right? We have my best friend, who by the way, is a yummy mommy. And she is at her lowest weight in like the history of her life. It's so exciting. She looks so freaking good. So excited for her on her birthday. But you guys, she rented a party bus. We are going to be like, we're 24. The party bus is going from 12 to like 7. I'm like, oh my God, what is even happening? I'm like, there better be a pole in that party bus. Oh my God. So we are celebrating her birthday. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. All kinds of fun plans. And I just want to let you guys know that it is possible for you to see your holiday season and all your fun plans simply with that lens. It's fun. It's exciting. It's going to be great. Instead of, oh my God, how am I going to survive? I'm going to eat all the things. I want you to know that it's possible for the words and and both. And, and both. So word one and word two, both, right? You can have some pumpkin pie and maintain your dream come true weight. You can have some pumpkin pie and lose weight for the last time. Now, can you eat a piece of pumpkin pie every single day and lose weight for the last time? Probably not. Maybe we'd have to test it, right? And that's exactly what we do inside the Yummy Mummy experience. But my guess is when you do the work that I teach you, you're not even going to want the pumpkin pie on a regular basis anyways. 
I just wanted to share that with you. I wanted to share the fact that I'm going on a party bus. Like who even goes on a party bus when they're 38 years old? But you guys, my best friend, Zoe, she is who goes on a party bus because she is like literally the funnest. You guys think I'm the funnest? No, she is the funnest. Funnest is also PS award. <laughs> I'm in a mood today, aren't I? Yeah, because you know, every other day I'm like super serious. I will probably be sharing pictures from our party bus excursion. And yeah, so let's talk about the holidays and how to survive them. And really, you guys, what I hope for you, my wish for you is that it's not a survival guide. Really, it's a thrival guide. It's a thrival guide. I want you to thrive through the holidays. For some of us, the holidays really are super fun, right? And then for some of us, they're super stressful. But my guess is for most of us, they're a blend. They're a blend of fun and stress. We're excited, but we're a little like, oh shit, here we go again. So if you're like me, like I I really love the holidays. I think they're super fun, but there's still moments within that can be stressful. So I want you to know that if you're somebody who's like obsessed with the holidays and doing all the holiday things, This podcast episode is for you too. So however you feel about the holidays, you're going to get something out of this podcast. So let's talk about specifically the chaos and the stress that can arise around the holidays. We really want to get to the root of why you're stressed or why you're feeling chaotic so that you don't have to eat to numb the stress, to eat to quell the chaos. Oh, that's good. Quell the chaos. <laughs> so some of right? Eat to numb out. But if we don't have anything to numb out about in the first place, we don't have to solve anything with food. And if we don't have to solve anything with food, then most likely we're going to bottom out at our natural weight. Isn't that so cool? If you're using food almost exclusively for fuel, then you will bottom out at your natural weight. It's like the most magical thing ever. So I'm not saying that you're going to like the advice here, you guys, is not going to be uninvite your in-laws, your stressful in-laws to the Thanksgiving week, right? You don't have to uninvite people. You don't have to change your life drastically in order to do what you want to do, in order to not use food to numb out, in order to have the holiday season that you want to have. So usually stress comes from two things during the holidays. Okay, so the first one is your to-do list, okay? The second area that we feel stress from is like other people and their behavior or like external circumstances. So we're going to put external circumstances as number two, but it typically shows up as other people and other people's behavior. But it could show up as things like, the turkey was burnt or like the Amazon package didn't come in time or something outside of your control. So let's start with your to-do list first. Here are some things that might be on your holiday to-do list. So go through this with me and be like, oh yeah, that's totally me. Or like, no, I don't put that on my to-do list. No way. Things like cooking a big gourmet meal, maybe things like polishing the silver or what about ironing the napkins, or maybe you have on your to-do list carrying out some tradition that you could like genuinely care less about. Maybe you made like those grateful turkeys with the big feathers and you feel like you should make them with your daughter, right? You guys know what those turkeys I'm talking about? I actually like doing that. But there are maybe traditions that you have on your to-do list that you really genuinely don't like. You don't feel connected to them. You care less, like you could care less about them. What about, do you put this on your to-do list? Hand-washing dishes. Like you get out that like special china and then you have to hand-wash it. What about buying presents? That could be on your to-do list, right? I'm guessing it is. What about buying presents for people that buy for you and you don't want to buy for them? (laughs) What about, do you have something on your to-do list like host something, like host a little get-together or host a cookie exchange or host fill-in-the-blank? What about things on your to-do list like get cute outfits for the kids, right? I'm guessing you have a holiday to-do list, 
what you might not know about this to-do list is, drumroll please, you can literally throw it away. You literally can throw away your to-do list. You do not have to do anything on your to-do list. Okay, stay with me here. You're going to want to argue with me. I get it. Like, no, I have to iron the napkins because they're wrinkly. No, you literally don't have to iron the napkins because they're wrinkly. You might want to iron the napkins, which that's going to bring me to my next point. But just stay with this first point first. You do not have to do anything on your to-do list. You can throw that away. What I want you to create instead is a want list, is a choosing list. You can call it whatever you want. (laughs) I had somebody talk about like to-do list instead of a to-do list. And it was like her way of being excited about, I think maybe it was from Gretchen Rubin. It was like her way of being excited. A to-do list, a want list. I am choosing these things list. That is the only list that I want you to have ever in your life. Okay, I know I'm getting a little passionate here, but trust me, this will bring you so much freedom. We're going to talk through this. So you are an adult human. You are an adult human and you can literally do whatever the fuck you want whenever the fuck you want to do it. Again, you're going to want to argue with me. You are an adult human. You can do whatever you want whenever you want. Now, this does not mean that there won't be consequences. <laughs> like if you decide to drive 110 miles down the freeway, there's probably going to be some consequences for that, right? But just stay with me here. Yes, there may be some consequences to you doing what you want, to you throwing away your to-do list, especially if other people, this is going to be the good part right here, the meaty part, especially if other people love that you do your to-do list. So it might be difficult. Yeah, there might be consequences. So the main consequence that you're going to come up against, if you decide, if you take my very passionate advice to get rid of your to-do list and to instead do a want list, there may be consequences to having a want list and abiding to that only. So for example, the main consequence is going to be disappointment disappointment in other humans. Just like you're allowed to be an adult human and do whatever you want and feel whatever you want, other adult humans are allowed to do whatever they want. And they're allowed to feel however they want. But what I want to implore to you is that their disappointment is not a problem. It's not a real reason for you to continue to iron the fucking napkins right? Like their disappointment is genuinely just a vibration in their body. Give that back to them. That is theirs to own. That disappointment actually has nothing to do with you. So let's break this down. I actually do want you to have a to-do list to look at it, like actually write out everything you think that you're going to do during the holidays and then go over each one and decide Does this get to go on the want list? Am I choosing this? Do I want to do this deep down, right? So you can want to do something because you know that your great aunt Martha is just gonna like love it. She's gonna like, oh my God, she's gonna be obsessed with the ironed napkins. She's gonna talk about it like seven times. She's gonna be like, this is amazing that you do this. These are my favorite napkins. These are my great grandma, blah, 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 blah. You can want to do something because you know that your great aunt Martha is just going to like relish in it. And that can be reason enough. But take your power back and know that you want to do it because you know how happy it makes your great aunt Martha. That can be reason enough for it to go on your list. But you take so much of your power back when you're like, oh, I'm choosing this. Oh, I don't have to do this. I get to do this if I want to do this. So let's go to the other side of that coin. You can not do something just because you don't want to do it. 
So if you don't want to iron the napkins and you want to spend your time doing something else that you like doing better, like playing with your kids on the floor or making pumpkin pie or working or going for a run, you do not have to iron the napkins. And that is reason enough. Now, this might bring up some discomfort for you, right? If you're someone who's always every single year you iron the napkins and then this year you're deciding that you're not going to iron the napkins, there's going to be some discomfort because you're literally becoming another person. You're becoming somebody who used to iron the napkins, even though they didn't want to, to becoming somebody who doesn't iron the napkins because they don't want to. And that can be uncomfortable. And it'll just be uncomfortable this year. Next year, it won't be uncomfortable. So I really think it's a great reason to not put it on your want list. You don't have to put anything on your want list that you don't want to put on your want list. And you don't have to have a quote unquote good reason or justifiable reason. You can just genuinely not want to do it and you can have your own back. And that process will be uncomfortable the first time or two you do it. And then it will not be uncomfortable anymore because it will be who you become. You will become somebody that does what she wants to do. Now, some of you guys are going to be like, oh my God, it's so selfish. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe you wouldn't carry on this tradition. I can't believe you wouldn't polish the silver. It's the great grandmother's silver. It's okay, right? You can let go of it, right? Other people, like I said before, may be disappointed. They may even judge you. But is not disappointing someone else worth you handing over your power? Is it worth lying? Like literally, that's what we're doing when we iron the napkins. I love that this is the example, you guys, by the way. Shout out to my girlfriend who was like, I don't want to iron the napkins. So is it worth lying to the people around you? That's really what this is lying. Doing something when you want to do it and pretending you do want to do it, that's a lie. You don't want to be a liar. No. When you try not to disappoint someone else, you end up disappointing yourself. Let me say that again. When you try to not disappoint someone else, you end up disappointing yourself. And you guys know I care a lot about how I model behavior for my kids, right? Other people I don't really care about, clearly. But I care about how I'm showing up in the world because I know that's what my kids are going to get first and foremost. I really care about passing down my truth. I care about being authentic. I want my kids to see that and to see that is a value of mine. And when I do things that I don't want to do for whatever their reason is, because I want to please somebody else, mm-mm. then I'm passing that down to my kids. I do not want my kids to be people pleasers. I want my kids to put themselves at the top of the list because when they put themselves at the top of their list, then they really, truly contribute to this world, right? They show up the way that they want. They feel the way that they want. And like I said, some people do see this as selfish. Oh, well, selfish gets a bad rap. But selfish is actually the first act of selflessness. You can't be truly selfless over a long period of time unless you're quote unquote selfish. I don't think selfish is bad. You can also say it's not selfish at all. You could play with it that way. Let's talk about when somebody is disappointed that you haven't polished the silver or that you didn't make that special cranberry-encrusted brie that they love. They kind of shoot you that look, they're disappointed, or whatever, fill in the blank. You notice that somebody is disappointed because you didn't do what you are no longer willing to do. So in that moment, you are going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable. But what is discomfort? It's a vibration in your body. So you notice somebody else is disappointed. The next step is to be like, ooh, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because I used to be somebody that did things that I didn't want to do. And now I'm becoming somebody that does what she wants to do. 
And so in that transition, there's going to be discomfort. So all I want you to do in that moment is just name it. Wow, I'm a little uncomfortable. I can feel that discomfort, that tightening in my body. I want you to take a breath and I want you to remember that this is right, that this is the path, that you chose this, that nothing has gone wrong in this moment. If we can distill that down and we can change our to-do list to a want list, if we can change our to-do list to an I am choosing list, there's going to be a lot less reason for us to eat, right? If you're going through the holidays and you're stressed because you have so many things on your to-do list that you don't really want to do, and you guys, side note, When you're doing things you don't want to do, you become burnt out and you become exhausted. And then what solves that? Eating. But of course, it doesn't actually solve that, right? So this is why we have to clean up and throw away our to-do list. Because if we keep our to-do list, we will end up so stressed, we will end up so tired, and we will continue to use food as the solution. So this is why I want you guys really getting to the root, choosing what fills you up, choosing what you want to do, being willing to feel uncomfortable if there's some backlash from some other people and not using food to solve that discomfort, right? So if I'm really setting you up for success, this is your takeaway, you guys. So get ready. Not only do I want you throwing away your to-do list and creating only to-want list or to-choose list, whatever you want to call it. Tell me your creative names. I would love to hear. We got to get a cool name for this. So that's like step one, right? That's your takeaway number one. Your takeaway number two is, okay, say I do that and then somebody else is a little uncomfortable with that. I am willing to feel my own discomfort watching them be disappointed and not eating to solve that discomfort, right? And instead saying, this is me being uncomfortable. This is part of the process. This won't be forever. And taking some breaths and moving on, okay? So other people's behavior is totally up to them. Just like you get to create a to-want list, they get to be disappointed. They get to show up how they want to show up. Maybe you want to send them this podcast. I'm just kidding. What I'm noticing, you guys, is that this actually needs to be a three-parter. So we had Holiday Survival Guide Part 1. This is Holiday Survival Guide Part 2. What we're going to do is we're going to have a Holiday Survival Guide Part 3 where we're going to talk about those external circumstances. So when people buy your kids stupid, cheap shit toys or when somebody brings up politics, right? We're going to talk about that on the Holiday Survival Guide Part 3 because what I'm hearing from you guys is that you don't want these podcasts to be super duper long. You want them more bite-sized. So I'm going to leave this episode as this episode and then we're going to go from there. Make sure you share this podcast. Let me know. Then you'll be entered into the raffle. We're going to announce the winners on December 3rd. And remember, as always, if you want to be on the wait list, we are going to open doors in December. You're going to want to mark your calendars. December 7th is when doors will open for the people on the wait list. It's first come, first serve. So lauraconley.com, click work with me. I hope you guys have the absolute best Thanksgiving ever. I am so grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful for this community. It's brought me to tears multiple times this week. It has shown me that the same skills that I use to lose weight for the last time are the same skills that I use to get this podcast. And it's just the most rewarding thing ever. I'm going to let you go, but stay tuned for the next survival guide. This episode is obviously, you guys, the holiday survival guide part three. Go back and listen to the other ones if you need a little extra support, which I know a lot of us do. This one is all centered around other people and their behavior and their words and what they're doing or not doing. Now, other people and their behavior may seem like, I don't know, a little irrelevant. Like, why are we talking about other people and their behavior on a podcast that's about losing weight for the last time? 
Well, ding, ding, you already know it. Because other people's behavior can make us eat, can make us want desperately to turn to food, to use food to comfort, to use food to soothe, to use food to quell whatever the emotion is, right? And you guys, what's so interesting about food is it actually does dull emotion. Isn't that crazy? It actually does a good job in the moment, just for one moment, like literally one moment, and that's it. And then it gives us a big, huge net negative. So I don't want you using food to handle your emotions. I want you to handle your emotions. So other people, this should be a light bulb moment, can't actually cause you to feel a certain feeling. Isn't that crazy? Somebody else cannot make you feel annoyed. I can like literally already hear you guys arguing with me, but just stay with me, okay? So other people's behavior, so say your great aunt Martha starts bringing up the vaccine or your sister-in-law starts talking about why you're not pregnant yet or fill in the blank, those people and their words and their actions literally cannot make you feel angry, pissed, resentful, none of the above. They also can't make you feel love or happy or joy. The reason why you feel feelings is because of the way that you're thinking, because of a thought, because of a sentence in your brain. So say your sister-in-law says to you, hey, I thought you guys were trying to get pregnant. Anything happening? And you think, what a bitch. Why is she bringing this up? That's so rude. Doesn't she have any social awareness? If you think those thoughts, yeah, you're going to feel annoyed. And I'm not saying you shouldn't feel annoyed. But let's really untangle this so that you can take your power back and you have so much more freedom around food. Okay, so I guess we're going with the sister-in-law example. So your sister-in-law says, why aren't you pregnant? And you think, what a bitch. Doesn't she know that's inappropriate? And then you feel annoyed. And then what do you do because you're annoyed? You stuff your face in the crab dip or you start drinking all the alcohol or fill in the blank, right? Because you're just so mad and you don't know how to handle it. So what I want to teach you is really to neutralize other people's behavior. So think of an example. Maybe it's your mother-in-law is holding your baby and your mother-in-law is a little too tipsy. Or maybe your grandma is buying your kids cheap shit toys. Or maybe somebody starts bringing up Donald Trump. Or maybe somebody, and I'm not, you guys, this is not a political, this is not a political podcast. Okay, I'm just saying someone brings up politics. Maybe somebody is buying candy canes and putting them all around your house. I was literally, you guys, pulling my friends for like, what happens during the holidays that annoys the shit out of you? (laughs) What about people when they're food pushers or canceling last minute? You guys, this is called strategic pessimism. How are the people in your life gonna inevitably show up when they come to Christmas Eve dinner? This is my favorite part, right? Do you guys do this? I used to do this all the time. I try not to do it anymore. Where your brother shows up and he gets wasted and like passes out or whatever the thing is that annoys you. And then you're surprised. (laughs) You're surprised. That's so good. Even though he's done it every year for 17 years. Don't be surprised when people show up the way that they always show up. This is just who they are. Don't be shocked about it because if you're shocked about it and you're like exasperated and you're like, how have they not learned? You're only going to cause yourself pain. It's just not going to be useful for you. So think of a couple examples, right? Again, strategic pessimism. So if we can kind of figure out what we think might happen, we can plan for that. We can strategize for that ahead of time. So that instead of having a pessimistic experience in the moment, 
We can be pessimistic ahead of time. And then in the moment, we can be positive because we have a plan for what happens when the little brother gets wasted and then pants. You guys, my little brother literally like still tries to pull my pants down. Like what the actual fuck? (laughs) He's such a little brother. No, I totally love him. And I don't really care if he gets wasted. He's totally going to get wasted this year. And I don't even care. And now I can already hear my mom being like, why are you tell? Why are you on the podcast talking about your brother drinking too many Bud Light? So think of your thing. Sister-in-law says something inappropriate. Brother gets too drunk. So-and-so brings up vaccines. There is space in between their actions and your feelings. So let's slow it down. Let's make that space be a little bit longer. In that space is your power. Ooh, I'm thinking of my favorite quote right now. You guys, I'm going to pull it up for you. It's a Viktor Frankl quote. This is what he says. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And, you guys, our happiness during the holidays. So the stimulus is the person saying, oh, I can't believe you already got your kids vaccinated. What's wrong with you? Don't you know the side effects or whatever they say? There's the stimulus. And then there's your response, like that knee jerk irritation. In between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And right now, that space is on autopilot. You have default thinking. You are thinking, what is wrong with them? Don't they know better? Why are they such an idiot? Can't they just have a good time? I don't know. Figure out right now, what is it that you think? What is your thought about the person's behavior? We cannot control somebody else's behavior. Let me tell you, I tried forever. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. People also, by the way, when you try to control them, they hate it. They don't want to be controlled. They want to be left alone. They want you to have a good time with them. So stop trying to control them. It doesn't work, right? We've already tried it. I literally wish I had the secret on like how to control the people. It would just make life so much easier, but it wouldn't be as dynamic and interesting, right? So what can we control? If we can't control the person, we can, though, good news, control our thoughts about the person and our thoughts cause our feelings. Okay, so there's the stimulus, the person. Then there is the response, our thoughts and our feelings. And we have total control over it. Now, this might take some unraveling. So if you've been in the habit of being very annoyed at your fill-in-the-blank person, it's going to take a couple times to rewire your brain to think new thoughts about your cousin or your sister or your whoever. And that's okay. Just because it doesn't go perfectly the first time doesn't mean you're doing it wrong, okay? This is a practice. I have like all the family members in these examples, okay? So your sister-in-law says, why aren't you pregnant? And you think, what's wrong with her? I hate her. And then you feel super pissed. Instead, could you think, yeah, she always says things like this. You know what? That's just her. She just doesn't have the level of awareness. That might make you feel more acceptance, versus annoyance. And when you guys, this is such a huge part. When you are in acceptance, you are so much less likely to eat or drink all of the things. You may even want to upgrade that thought. This might be too big for you. And if you can't get there, don't go there yet, right? You want to have a thought that you are thinking about this person that you actually believe. So maybe instead you want to think, you know what? Maybe she's just curious. Maybe she just actually wants to know about my life. Maybe this is her way of engaging or connecting. Maybe I could give her a break, right? And then you'll start to move into acceptance and then maybe connection and then maybe love, maybe. I want to tell you, when you choose the thought, maybe she's trying to connect instead of what's wrong with her, I hate her, it will feel uncomfortable because you're rewiring your brain. It won't feel uncomfortable to offer these thoughts to yourself over time. 
it's just like the cupcake, you guys, right? The first couple times you say, you know what? The cupcake isn't going to serve me. That's going to be uncomfortable. The first couple times you rewire your brain in terms of what you think about your family. Yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but I promise you it's going to be so worth it. Can you guys start to see that? So let's pretend you're not able to change the thought in the moment about the person, right? The reason why we want to change the thought is so that we can have power over our emotions. Let's say if you just get super triggered, right? Super mad, stressed, irritated. I want to plan for that too. I want you to talk really nicely to yourself about your emotions. It's okay that I'm irritated. I'm unlearning irritation when it comes to other people. I'm unlearning annoyance. So I want you to give yourself the space. Worst case scenario, you do allow yourself to get triggered by other people and their behavior and their words. Let yourself breathe into that. Let yourself process that, okay? Because if you don't, my guess is you're gonna start to overeat or overdrink or overscroll or you're gonna start to do a behavior that you're gonna later regret. So worst case scenario, you do let yourself get irritated. Please let yourself process that emotion. Allow that emotion. It's okay. It's okay that I'm feeling like this. I wonder what the thought was that created this. Maybe it's not true. Or if in the moment it feels really believable, again, it's okay, you guys. You are humans. For the rest of your life, you are going to have human emotions, negative, quote unquote, and positive, quote unquote, okay? So I really want you to first practice ahead of time. Okay, what do I think so-and-so is gonna say? And then what do I wanna think about that so I can feel acceptance and or love? So I want you to plan, here's your takeaways. I want you to plan three to five thoughts, write them down, maybe share them with your partner or somebody who you love and trust. Three to five thoughts that you wanna think about other people on purpose. Pre-program your brain before the Christmas Eve dinner, before the big ski trip. Pre-program your brain with thoughts that you're gonna think about other people and their behavior. And then in the moment, again, it might be a little uncomfortable. That's okay. Keep going, stay with it. And then on the other side, you guys, you will get the reward. It'll feel so awesome. You'll be like, oh, yes, this is what she was talking about. And you won't have eaten the seven cupcakes at that point. So it'll feel like a double win, triple win. And then if you do get triggered, which P.S. you guys, you can't actually get triggered. What's triggering you is your thoughts about other people. So just FYI. But (laughs) if you do get triggered, that's also okay. Allow for those emotions. Give yourself some grace. Breathe into it. Try not to push the emotions away or suppress them. Remember, there is nothing someone else can do that can make you eat. Remember, eating will not actually make you feel better in the long run, okay? So I want you to have the best holiday ever. Do a little bit of this strategic pessimism and then go have the best time. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would love it, love it, if you leave a rate, review, and a subscribe on whatever you're listening to this podcast in pretty, pretty pleased with a cherry on top. It would help me so much and it would help all the other mamas out there hear this message. Thank you in advance. I really appreciate it. And you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It's my proven lose weight for the last time group coaching and course. Head to lauraconley.com and just click work with me. Other than that, you guys, I would love to give you a free gift. If you want your free listener only gift, go to laraconley.com forward slash gift. And from there, you will get your free best ever weight loss hack. So cool. The last thing I want to tell you, you guys, is I do have a free Facebook group. It's called, you guessed it, the yummy mummy. Lose weight for the last time, end body drama and get food freedom. You can just search that in Facebook or again, you can head to the show notes and you'll find the link there. All right, you guys have the best day ever.